Why, hello, friends. It's Tracy Taylor. And welcome back to another episode of Gridlocked. Uh, I am your Seattle area traffic reporter. You can catch me every weekday morning, 4.30 to 7 a.m., or you can catch me on the radio. Uh, sometimes I'm doing traffic. Sometimes I'm doing medical updates. Uh, it's on 97.3 on your FM dial every weekday afternoon with Tom and Curly, or you can catch my coronavirus medical updates on the 40s on Cairo Radio as well. Oh, and I do videos too, <laughs> and you can see those on the Cairo Radio Instagram page or, or at mynorthwest.com. Man, oh man, do I have a lot on my heart, a lot on my mind, and a lot to talk about on the roads. First, though, let's just talk about what's on my heart and my mind. Uh, you know, something that somebody had said to me not too long ago uh, has really hit me in the deepest way it possibly could. And it came from a place of love. I know it did because, I mean, this person is very, very close to me, so... um I took it and I had to sit with it and it was that uncomfortable sitting with um, that makes you look deep within yourself and go, I need to change and I need to be better and I'm going to be a better person. And it was something that she had said. She was just like, you know, I love you and I have, you're just one of my dearest and closest friends, but, and you know, when somebody says that, you just kind of, you cringe a little bit and you're like, oh, here comes the bad. And it wasn't necessarily bad. It was just something that she had said. She goes, you're not everybody's cup of tea. And I never expected to be. Um, you know, I think you grow up in life and you're like, you know, when you're young, you're just carefree and you don't really care what other people think and until you get into high school. And that's when everything changes. I mean, everything changes when you're, I would say, ninth grade and up. You worry about who you hang out with and what you look like and what you dress like and what you eat and what you say. And I mean everything. And now with social media, it's just magnified by just trillions, trillions. And then you add into, you know, uh, like the boomer culture. I hate even using that word. Um, you, you know, the, the Gen X, the Gen Z, um, uh, well, I mean, just kids these days, they're hard, they're hard. Uh, and they wear their hearts on their sleeve. And I find myself relating back to when I was in high school, like now in my forties, I'm thinking about how I felt back in high school. I was made fun of a lot. I mean, a uh, I was not popular. I was never popular. I hung out with the same three people all through high school. We were close and we were very, very close. And um, yeah, I got to do some fun things in high school. I mean, I was a part of a dance team. I was, um, I you know, I I just, I don't know. Like I just didn't, I wasn't the in crowd and I so desperately wanted to be. But I also realized that's just not going to happen because I don't do the things that everybody wants me to do. Um, and I just kind of paved my own way. I put my head down and I worked hard. Um, you know, like, I'll give you a little backstory. So when my parents got divorced, I was in the ninth grade. My mom, single mom, three kids, two bikes, four suitcases, packed up a little S10 blazer, and we moved from Oklahoma to Washington. I know. 
<laughs> uh, so that's just a little backstory there. My mom worked very, very hard for what we had as children growing up. As a single mom, on minimum wage, mind you, trying to put a roof over our heads. So we lived in a very, very small apartment. Even when I was into high school, then we ended up, you know, mom started to get uh, a better job and a little more money. Um, we moved, you know, obviously into a better place than a small apartment. But, but um, when we were driving from Oklahoma to Washington, my mom had said to me, she goes, I'm going to need your help in every way, every way possible. Uh, I'm going to need you to help me find a job, get a job and hold that job. Uh, so that means I'm going to need your help to take care of your sister and your little brother. And pretty much for me, it was just like, oh, no, I'm not going. I'm, I, I, I don't get to be a kid. I have to grow up immediately. And that's exactly what I did. I helped my mom in every way that I possibly could. I got a job. And so after school, I would walk to my job. And this was far. <laughs> uh, I would work a couple of hours. And then I'd walk home. And that would be like an hour, hour and a half walk home, sit down, do my homework and do it all over again the next day. And that went on for a very, very long time. Just so we could keep the apartment, keep food on the table and clothes on our back. Because with just one suitcase and what we could pack in one suitcase, we thought when my parents got divorced, we were just going away on a little trip. We had no idea that that little trip was going to be the rest of our life. And so leaving behind everything that you loved and, you know, were around your friends, your other family members, your dogs, your, I mean, everything, everything. My room, you know, and when you're a teenager, your room is like your sanctuary. Everything you love is in there. Your boom box, your stickers, your binders, your pictures of friends, you know, everything, everything. I had to leave it all behind and start all over again. And I think that's, you know, what has made me me. I had to work hard as a kid. I will continue to work hard as an adult. Um, I learned from my dad being an aggressive person. <clears throat> you have to, you have to really just kind of put it out there. Very, very simple um, and get the job done. My dad was direct. Oh gosh, was he direct. There was never a maybe. There was no silver lining. There was no sugar coating. He was just a very straightforward, direct person. And that's how his management style was. That's how my management style was when I was programming radio stations. So, you know, I'm not for everybody. I know that. And then the way that I am, um, I realize it's not very good at times. And it's not good with other people. And when my friend had said, you should really work on that, oof, that hit me to my core. I am sensitive, very, very sensitive, but I don't let you see that about me. Like you can, how should I put this? You can write me this really nasty email and telling me that I am, you know, I am a terrible traffic reporter and whatnot. I will never let you know that it hurts me until now because I take what you think to heart and I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm so deeply touched by 
goodness in this world. And, you know, there is just in my life, there's no room for hate and there's no room for petty and catty. And I just, I just don't have time for it. Like I didn't have time for it when I was in high school either. I mean, I got into, you know, I don't want to say scuffles, but when you get into squabbles with your friends, you know, you have your moments, you talk it out, you work it out and you move on and you're still friends. You may not be as close, but you still figure it out. As adults, I've had a few, you know, moments with other friends where, you know, you have your moments and you take a little break, you talk it out with them, you work it out with them, and then you move on. It's not like you can, you know, forget it because, of course, you're going to stick with it and it's going to stay with you, but you learn from it. And then you move on and you work on being a better person. And that's exactly what I'm doing because one of my dearest friends had said, Trace, this is something you need to work on. Did it hurt me when she said that? Absolutely. Because you don't, you don't ever expect to hear something like that from somebody that you really, their opinion matters to you. You know what I mean? Kyle can say, Trace, you need to, you know, like you need to be nicer or you need to be sweeter in the way that you speak. I will listen to him. I will correct it. And I will do my best to be more conscious of it. And during COVID and being in quarantine, I have had a lot of time to think about what this dear friend said and how I'm going to fix it. And how I'm going to continue to fix it. And how it's going to make me a better person. And for you, a better friend. I want to be your better friend. And I'm working on that. I want to be a better wife to my husband. I want to be a better sister to my sisters. And I sure as hell want to be a better stepmom to my stepdaughter. So yeah, you have to sit with that uncomfortable for a while and you have to let it just kind of eat at you and go, okay, you've had your moment, now correct it and be better. And that's exactly what I have learned in these last couple of months during COVID. I am way more quiet now and I am way more observant. Um... I have opened my eyes and I have opened my ears to the world around me and the people that I surround myself with. I want to be better and I'm going to continue to do that. So I hope you will join me on this journey to be a better person and to see me become a better friend to you. Okay, that's enough <laughs> as I get emotional because that's just me. Okay, um, so I guess we should also kind of get into a couple of other things because gridlocked is not just about what's on my heart and my mind. It's also about what's on the roads. And friends, we are diving back into things big time. I mean, we're not at pre-COVID traffic levels, but people are waking up and people are opening up and we are starting to see phases kind of, we'll move into phases, I should say. Excuse me. 
to head and take a drink. So we're moving into different phases, which means more people are going to work. And we're starting to see that traffic pick up. Now, you know, I think within the last month, month and a half now, uh, what I have observed is traffic out of Snohomish County has started to pick up, but at a later time. I mean, I'm not seeing huge lineups on South Bend I-5 getting out of Everett like we would normally see pre-COVID, especially back in February and March. You remember when we would see hours, drive times, and upwards of two hours when it rained? Not the case. I think the worst that we have seen in the last two weeks when it comes out of Everett, unless there's an accident, is about 42, 45 minutes. Reasonable, right? Uh, out of the South End, that's a different story. You know, I think a lot of people are living here in South King and Pierce County. I, for one, are one of those. Um, my husband and I are right on the cusp of King and Pierce County. We are legitimately, if we were to step across the street, we're in Pierce County from where we live right now. It's pretty unreal. But uh, traffic is definitely picking up out of here out of Pierce and uh, in South King County. Uh, I'm not saying, again, like pre-COVID levels, but yes, it's definitely heating up. There is no question. Um, I think now that we're getting into summer, we really won't see anything out of the ordinary, I believe. I mean, I've talked to a lot of the experts. I mean, sure enough, if you uh, have gone to, if you go to Cairo7.com and type in traffic, you can see some of the videos that I've talked to Bart Treese from um, WashDOT. I've also talked to Ian Sterling about the ferries. Um, I'm trying to get a hold of our contacts at uh, Sound Transit because I'd like to see what they're doing moving forward, especially going into the fall uh, in King County Metro as well and see what their plans are. I know that, you know, fares have just started back up on some of our buses and our trains and Link Light Rail. Um, so we'll see. But going into the fall and when school starts, whether it be working from or, you know, working or going to school remotely or going back to the classroom, it's going to be very, very interesting. And I am working on that story for Cairo 7 as well. So I'm going to dig into that. I had a lot of research that I've got to um, kind of study. And I'm going to do quite a bit of that over the next couple of weeks. All right. So let's also talk about some of the road projects that are really, really interesting. One. And two, kind of um, necessary. For one, we've got this big project that's happening in Tacoma. And gosh, you guys tell me all the time. It's like, oh, more construction in, in Tacoma. Easy for me to say. Um, yeah, it's like the never-ending construction project, right? Uh, they are working with the widening project there of I-5 between the Puyallup River Bridge and whatnot. And um, starting as of, well, today is Wednesday. So as of tonight... They're going to do some restrictions. They're going to close a ramp there at State Route 7. And they're moving the Portland Avenue exit a quarter mile west of where it was. That's going to be closer to I-705. So that's going to be a big change for you for the next month or so. We've got the diverging diamond that uh, there is a necessary weekend closure to kind of wrap things up down in the South Sound. That should be opened up here within the next month down in Lacey. That's exciting news. It's a very state, uh, the state's very first diverging diamond. And if you're not familiar with that, uh, I'm going to talk to one of our DOT reps um, about that coming up here next week. And so you can catch that on next week's edition of Gridlocked as well. Diverging Diamond. Look it up. It's actually very, very cool. It keeps traffic moving, guys. That's what we need to do. And speaking of keeping moving, 
or keeping things moving. Uh, not the case for drivers out of West Seattle. There is a follow me here. Okay. With the closure of the West Seattle bridge back in March. And that was a big surprise to everybody. The fact that the bridge was failing. They weren't messing around with it anymore. They just said, you know what? We got to shut it down to traffic because this could potentially be bad. And sure enough, the more and more that they kind of do the research and look at it, the more and more they're finding out that this bridge needs major repair. I mean, major repair. So DOT just put out some pictures of the what do I want to call it? The suspension bridge that's underneath the bridge to where they can do the work. First off, the view is insane from that. But second off, if you're one of those workers, <laughs> for, you have to have like no fear of heights whatsoever because that one is just so stinking high off the ground. But um, I don't know. That's scary. I just saw the pictures and I went, you know, <laughs> I'm just fine with working on the ground, two feet on the ground. I sure do miss being in Chopper 7, though. That's one thing that I miss uh, the most. Anyway, the story out of West Seattle, of course, is that they're trying to make the decision whether or not it needs to be replaced or repaired. So lower level Spokane Street Spring Bridge has had its fair share of, you know, just work here and there when they can get it in. Now, they have reopened the lower level bridge to traffic in the overnight hours. And this is any traffic, but during the daylight hours, only transit and freight are allowed to use that. So that means putting pressure over onto the South Park Bridge, the First Avenue South Bridge, coming out of, you know, White Center. It's just, it's a headache for drivers out of West Seattle. And trust me, I've heard your cries loud and clear about that. But um, now in the overnight hours, you're losing the First Avenue South Bridge. They have so much work that they need to do. And it's three weeks of work. As a matter of fact, they just started this week. Overnight hours, the northbound lanes of the First Avenue South Bridge are shut down to replace some of those steel girders. I don't know about you, but I hate driving over those steel girders on the First Avenue South Bridge because I feel like your car is kind of pulled in every direction whatsoever when you go across those. So I hope this is a significant improvement and your car doesn't get pulled in every which direction. But this is in the overnight hours where they shut down northbound 99 over the First Avenue South Bridge. Now, I will say that they have reopened the bridge early or at least northbound 99 early. Normally the work is supposed to go till about 4, 4.30. They've reopened the lanes northbound around 3.45. So that's good news. They're getting a lot done in what they in the time that they can get it done. Uh, the other project is Highway 203. So anybody that uses Highway 203 between Duval and Carnation, you're going to run into a six-week closure, and that starts on Sunday night. The closure starts right around Woodenville Duval Road, and it goes all the way down to Northeast 124th. This is going to last six weeks. This is for fish passage projects that are happening in that area. But those are some of the big ones that are uh, on the docket for right now, and that's something that you need to be aware of. Okay, guys, I'm going to wrap things up because I've definitely talked for way too long. Uh, I hope you'll join us every weekday morning, 4.30 to 7 a.m. with Tracy, Michelle, Nick, and myself. You can also catch me with uh, Tom and Curly on occasion, but the coronavirus medical updates are on the 40s on Cairo Radio. Uh, next week, a lot to dive into, especially with the diverging diamond out of Lacey. We'll talk to DOT crews about that. Have a great rest of your week and heading into the weekend. Stay cool because, guys, it's going to get hot. Talk to you next week. And thanks so much for listening and being a part of Gridlocked.